Hello, everyone. My name is Mark Foley, host of the Effective Solutions website and author of the daily devotional called The Journey. Thank you for joining us, along with many others, to pray for our nation and for the people who form it. This prayer guide is drawn from The Journey devotional. The 10 prayer segments that follow are excerpts from daily posts with the hope of interpreting Scripture into the reality of our lives in a nation very much in need of God's care. Have you ever seen pictures of farm fields or gardens that have trees and shrubs bordering the edges? Those borders are called hedgerows. That hedgerow is a living fence planted to protect the fertile ground and the health of plants that lie inside it. The hedgerow serves as a boundary and a territorial marker that supports the life and productivity of the area it surrounds. The Bible speaks of a spiritual hedgerow, a hedge of protection planted by God that can be experienced by those who honor Him. It also speaks of God's intense love and hope for the people called by His name and the promise to care for them in the land in which they live. So, we pray for a spiritual hedge of God's grace. Please follow me through the 10 prayer segments. Segment 1, the hedge of grace. Here's what the Bible says. Job 1 verse 10, Have you not made a hedge around him and his house and all that he has on every side? You have blessed the work of his hands, and the possessions have increased in the land. And then there's Psalm 91 verses 1 and 2. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God, in whom I trust. And then there's Psalm 51, verse 10. Create in me a clean heart, O God. Renew a loyal spirit within me. Now, about the hedge of grace and protection. You are correct that it is a spiritual thing, spiritual in nature and something only God can cause into being. It is composed of many elements that he will show you over time. For now, it's important that you understand that the concept is real, that he initiates it as an exercise of his grace, and that he does so on behalf of one whose heart is surrendered to him and committed to his way. The hedge protects more than just one. It exists because of that one's commitment to God but it encircles the broader community of lives and livelihoods for which that one has responsibility. Some of God's hedges protect families. Others protect businesses and organizations. Others protect cities and regions. There have been times that entire nations have been protected by God's hedge of grace, all as his response to the determined heart of one surrendered to him. It is important to always understand God's hedge of grace is related to his finding of your heart condition. And here is my prayer response. Lord, I invite you to create in me a heart that is clean and loyal to you. Please build a hedge of your grace protection around my family and around my community. Segment 2 like a child. 
Here's what the Bible says. Matthew 19, verses 13 through 15. One day some parents brought their children to Jesus so he could lay his hands on them and pray for them. But the disciples scolded the parents for bothering him. But Jesus said, let the children come to me. Don't stop them. For the kingdom of heaven belongs to those who are like these children. And he placed his hands on their heads and blessed them before he left. Like a child, in that phrase you will find a great truth related to God's delight in you. He invites you to come to him like a child who wants nothing more than to be near such love as he freely offers. A child comes naturally, openly, honestly, without reserve, somehow knowing that it is a good thing to do. What delight it brings to God when you come to Him with such genuineness. May it always be so with you. Simply incline your mind to Him and you're there. It doesn't matter how long you've been away or from where you have come or that you have mud on your hands. His arms are open and unreserved welcome and He'll take care of the mud. So come giggling or with tears, but come like a child. Burrow into his hug and know of his love and his blessing. And when you press into his hug, you will begin to know more about his mysterious hedge of grace. And here's my prayer response. Lord, allow me to crawl into your lap and feel the strength of your arms around me. Wash my fears away as I burrow into your love and into your protection. Segment three, a challenge. Here's what the Bible says. Matthew 19, verses 21 and 22. Jesus told him, If you want to be perfect, go and sell all your possessions and give the money to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come and follow me. But when the young man heard this, he went away sad, for he had many possessions. A man, young and ambitious, came to Jesus, honestly hoping to know more about God. As with you, nothing about the man was hidden from Jesus. He knew his hopes and his priorities. And as with you, he identified the greatest stronghold in the man's life and directed him to surrender to God control of that which he most feared losing. And as with you, the man was deeply shaken in the face of that challenge. Sadly, that man walked away, unwilling to take that step. In so doing, he missed the greatest opportunity of his life. You must not. Follow Jesus as he taught you. In his challenge to surrender is yet another insight to the hedge of grace about what you asked. And here's my prayer response. Lord, you know what I hold on to. I confess it openly, and I invite you to challenge me with its release. I want to surrender it to you. But you know I'm afraid. May I have your strength to surrender it now. And here's segment four distraction. Here's what the Bible says, Philippians 1 verses 9 through 11. I pray that your love will overflow more and more 
and that you will keep on growing in knowledge and understanding. For I want you to understand what really matters so that you may live pure and blameless lives until the day of Christ's return. May you always be filled with the fruit of your salvation, the righteous character produced in your life by Jesus Christ. For this will bring much glory and praise to God. It is so easy to become distracted. After all this time learning about Jesus and all He has taught you about the essential of staying in His presence, you so easily shift from Him to what you hope is just over the horizon. In that brief moment when you glance from Him, distance begins to grow between you. So it is that the drift begins that interrupts communication and fellowship. In only a short while of following your gaze, you are so far from Jesus that you can't even see Him. But just as readily as you became lost, He comes looking for you because He loves you that much. He guides you back into position. He cleans you up. He restores the fullness of your relationship with Him. And He fills you with the renewed experience of His having saved you, the righteous character that He produces in you when you're near Him. Put your eyes on Jesus and follow, for it is your intentional closeness to which He responds with the building of a hedge of grace. And then here's my prayer response. Lord, forgive my distraction and draw my attention back to you. Instill in me knowledge and understanding of what really matters. Fill me with desire for a righteous character that can only come from you. Segment 5, changed thinking. Here's what the Bible says, Romans 12, verse 2. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, that which is good and pleasing and perfect. You are a follower of Jesus, so let Him show you a better way to choose as you ponder the decisions that come before you. Your desire to discover what is right is honorable, but you must know that the powerful cultural tools seeking to influence your decision are formed to favor the one wielding the tool. So I remind you that you are Jesus' follower, not theirs, and He's already shown you the way, His way. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Bring your full attention to Him. As you do so, here's what you can expect. He will displace your desire for ever more information with a desire to seek Him and to understand His way. He will solidify your understanding of truth by reshaping the way you think. He will show you the power and primacy of love for those you find different from yourself and how to act effectively for their welfare. And these are the same ones you've come to distrust under the influence of the cultural tools. He will endow you with peace and confidence in a whole new way of living and deciding. He will make clear your decision and show you the way available to you, a narrow yet distinct path hidden by the cultural noise. You must follow Jesus to find it, but He will most certainly show you. For that way is good and pleasing and perfect and will lead you to effective and influential engagement 
with a land desperate for truth. And here's my prayer response. Lord, I reject the behavior and patterns of a culture contrary to you. I long to know your way. Transform me by changing the way I think and show me your perfect plan. Segment six, another road. And here's what the Bible says. Psalms 23, verse three. He renews my strength. He guides me along paths, bringing honor to his name. And Psalm 25, verse 10. The Lord leads with unfailing love and faithfulness all who keep his covenant and obey his commands. And then Proverbs 2, verses 9 through 11. Then you will understand what is right, just, and fair, and you will find the right way to go. For wisdom will enter your heart, and knowledge will fill you with joy. Wise choices will watch over you, and understanding will keep you safe. You puzzle at how to know the unique path of which Jesus speaks, that which is different from the cultural assigns. Your anxious questions are understandable. If I follow Jesus, how do I know what to do? How will I earn a living? How do I fulfill my civic responsibility? How do I ensure my security? Am I to abandon all these things and wander aimlessly, explaining it as God commands it? Well, before you get too worked up, remember He has not instructed you to abandon. He has instructed you to surrender. You see the difference? God leads you to surrender your control in favor of His. At the point of surrender, He will renew your strength. He will guide you rightly with unfailing love and wisdom to clear understanding and discernment. He will show you decision by decision how you are to act, what will honor Him, what is right, what is fair, what is just, what is effective. Now, you will be viewed by others as wise but you will know it is simply a matter of your decision each moment to follow Jesus. He takes care of the results. Trust Him. This is what His hedge of grace looks like. And here's my prayer response. Lord, please forgive my fear of trusting You. Renew my strength. Guide me to depend upon Your unfailing love and faithfulness. I want to be known for following you rightly. Segment 7, the first step on a new road, humility. Here's what the Bible says. Philippians chapter 2, verses 3 through 8. Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others, too. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God, and he died a criminal's death on a cross. And then Luke 14, verse 11, For those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. It is the only effective forward step you can take. 
at the heart of God's expectation is your honor of Him supremely and your unreserved responsive obedience to His commands. Those two things are prime to the concept of following Jesus. And both require your humility enacted by surrender of your way to His. That one thing, humility, willful emptying of yourself, abandoning your agenda, loss of control, scares you. The fact is, despite your desire to be His follower, you do not fully trust His love and ability. Yet God made it clear that in the humbling of yourself, your surrender to Him is found the only effective step you can take to experience His hedge of grace, to gain the health of the part of your homeland for which you have responsibility. Now, you've tried politics and projects and leverage of power. Look around. Has it worked? Only three questions really matter. Do you believe that God is? Do you trust that He can? And do you have faith that He will? If you will just ask, God's Spirit will show you how to find an honest yes to each of those questions. But you must ask, and you must surrender. Here's my prayer response. Lord, show me how to empty myself. Show me how to surrender my way to yours. Forgive me for trying to do it all myself. I desire to demonstrate the selflessness that you exampled. I confess my pride. Show me how to surrender. Show me how to be humble. And here's segment eight. The next effective step, pray. Here's what the Bible says. Isaiah 65, verse 24. I will answer them before they even call to me. While they're still talking about their needs, I will go ahead and answer their prayers. And then 1 John 5, verses 14 and 15. And we are confident that He hears us whenever we ask for anything that pleases Him. And since we know He hears us when we make our requests, we also know that He will give us what we ask for. It is the next effective step to the healing of your homeland. Only one who has embraced humility will take it. A proud person will never discover it. The next step is prayer. God has instructed you to pray and identified it not only as essential to your relationship with Him, but as a clear responsibility of one who follows Him in God's establishment of a hedge of grace and His restoration and protection of your home and people. Prayer is the manner by which you communicate with God. It links your spirit to His in a two-way relationship in which you may not only talk to Him, but also listen to Him. As a child with his father, it is natural and essential to the exchange of love between God and you and to the communication of your need and, and his guidance. Understand prayer as the conduit into his presence. Like the on-ramp of a freeway, it brings you to him and merges you into the flow of his broad purpose and of his specific plan for you. God is clear in His desire to heal the part of the nation in which you exist, and He is listening for your prayer. The three questions remain. Do you believe He is? Do you trust that He can? And do you have faith that He will? And here's my prayer response. Lord, 
lead me to pray. Lead me to simply talk to you and to comprehend your instruction. Please show me how to make communion with you by prayer a consistent part of my life with you. Segment 9, the third effective step on a new road, intentionality. Here's what the Bible says. Psalms 130, verse 6. I long for the Lord more than centuries long for the dawn. Yes, more than centuries long for the dawn. Psalm 42, verses 1 and 2. As the deer longs for streams of water, so I long for you, O God. I thirst for God, the living God. When can I go and stand before Him? The steps we've discussed, humble yourself and pray. Now, seek God personally. It is the third effective step to His restoration. This raises the matter of focused, soulful intent, not just to be in the flow of God's purpose, but to be in His very presence, face to face. He invites you to be so. Though you seek God because you want something, His hope is that you discover an ever-deepening desire to remain in His presence simply because of your relationship with Him. There are many similes. As a lonely soldier longs for the light of dawn, as a thirsty creature longs for cool water, as a desperate sailor thrown beneath the waves longs for air. Do you understand the intent for God that he describes? Not desire for what he can do, but desire for him and for his way as the source of your life and the reality of your hope. And the questions remain as you consider the intent of your heart. Do you believe that he is? Do you trust that he can? And do you have faith that he will? Here's my prayer response. Lord, I want to want you. Please build that desire in me. I want to desire being in your presence with the same urgency that is my desire to even breathe. And here's segment 10, the fourth step on a new road. Here's what the Bible says in Psalm 51, verse 17. The sacrifice you desire is a broken spirit. You will not reject a broken and repentant heart, O God. And 1 John 1, 9. But if we confess our sins to Him, He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness. It is the next natural step. As your intent is turned to God, there is a turning from that which has held you apart from Him. He watches for that turn, that repentance, your awareness of separation and its cause, and your willful rejection of it, and the sorrowful yet intentional seeking of reunion with Him. He longs for that reunion and He welcomes you, even reaching to meet you. God takes great delight in the thought of your willful return to Him. And here's my prayer response. Lord, in these moments, I confess my sin to you. Thank you for loving me beyond my imagination. Thank you for your forgiveness. I receive it. Thank you for your welcome back into your presence. 
And that concludes our prayer segments. Now let these prayers ever be part of your relationship with Jesus. For they position you properly before God. And there you will see his hand at work around you. There you will sense his hedge of grace. Lord, may the people who are called by your name humble themselves and pray and seek your face and turn from their wicked ways. May you hear from heaven and forgive our sins and restore our land. May it be that you make a hedge around each of us, our families, our houses, our organizations, our government, and our communities. May you bless the work of our hands and the results of that work. And now, we ask that you bless and protect us, that you smile upon us, be gracious to us, and that you show us your favor and give us your peace. Thank you for joining us. Enjoy the journey.